Welcome on in to the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. And as you guys know, today is November 4th. We are a day after the biggest day of the year. That's right. The NFL trade deadline. <laughs> Good one, Chris. Everything that we thought was going to happen didn't happen. And, you know, I'm sure everybody was focused on that and only that. Because that's what we're going to talk about and not other stuff politics Politics. (laughs) i'm here joined by my co-host p schmitty and gavin connor couldn't make the episode uh take a shot if you heard that before um what's up guys hey hey yeah how'd you guys enjoy trade deadline tuesday oh boy i really really just you know couldn't hold my excitement all those all those blockbuster trades that happened yesterday. Yeah, Will Fuller is supposed to get traded. He tweeted out a uh, a gif of a uh, of a kid that was just waiting on something, and he was just expecting to get traded and then didn't. But you know yeah. what? It's 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 cool. Uh, Deshaun's probably very happy. Uh, some one one trade that did happen. I'm about uh, very happy. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sean's definitely happy. I mean, to not lose Will Fuller because that would have. Well, he's happy about that, but I'm talking about overall happiness. He's no, he's definitely not. He's definitely not. He's he's just it's the whole organization's a big old bummer right now. But what's not a bummer? Desmond King, Los Angeles Chargers defensive back, punt returner, former All Pro, traded to the Titans for a six round pick. Was it? It was something really stupid. I don't remember what pick it was, but it was really low. It was either a fifth or a sixth, I believe. And it's just incredible. NFL trades make no sense to me. No, they don't. And that's why I said last episode, like, I'm terrible at, like, predicting, like, what people are worth. But that sounded awful. But you know what I mean? Um, Yeah, like, why would you think, like, like, arguably one of the best slot defenders in the league and Desmond King gets traded from... The Chargers to the Titans, like for for nothing for a six round pick. Yeah, six round. Like who 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 are you expecting to get in the sixth round that outperforms Desmond King? I don't know. PFF has him as the highest graded nickel corner in the league since twenty eighteen, I believe it was. And take PFF as you will. Not many people. Not. I mean, a lot of people love it. A lot of people hate hate them. Uh, I like them a lot. Uh, of course, their grades aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they are a very good indicator of who's playing really well and who's not. Uh, and he was somebody who really performed in their system and honestly just on the field as well. Getting getting a corner, one of the most valuable positions in football, for a six-round pick, a defense that prior has really, really struggled covering any sort of uh, wide receiver. I'm very, very good trade. I don't know if it moves the needle that much for their defense because their defense is just bad, but really, really good value. Six-round pick for an all-pro kind of player. Just fucking crazy. Uh, moving on to... What, what, was the, what was the other thing that we, we were going to talk about? Tua. 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 Yeah. Tua had his debut, and he's a winner. <laughs> How many yards did he pass for, Chris? He it was like he was Like it was don't it was, matter. It was, the only thing he had to do was not turn the ball over more than 
Jared Goff to win that game, it seemed like. And uh, that's what he did. But he all he had to do in that game was just not fuck up. And and he still he did fuck up. He got he got shit on by Aaron Donald, kind of like how we predicted early in the game. Uh, strip sack. And um, yeah, and then didn't throw for 100 yards. But when like when's the last time someone played a full game and didn't throw for 100 yards? I feel like that's just that just doesn't happen. <laughs> but did he win? All right. Yeah, you're right. And and so he's honestly, a winner. Is That's the argument can we now agree that Tua is better than Herbert? Because Herbert lost this week and Tua won. One thousand winning percentage. Tua <laughs> better than Herbert. All you gotta say better than Burrow. I'll take no, a winner any day of the week. It's like Tebow. Yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah. a winner. Exactly. Of course we're just joking, but one <laughs> uh, one one report, and it's actually really interesting here, is that the Dolphins may end up like the reason why they benched Fitzpatrick was to see what they have in Tua. And if Tua doesn't, I mean, in this game, he had 93 total yards to the completion percentage of 54.5. And he did turn the ball over early in the game and he literally did nothing. If he doesn't show more, this is a really, really heavy quarterback draft class. Uh, we're going to see Trevor Lawrence come out, Justin Fields come out, uh, Trey Lance, Mac Jones is getting hype in the first round. He's having a Heisman-worthy season. Brian, uh, Brian Wilson out of BYU is climbing the draft board. Brock Purdy. This is, a real, yeah, this, is, this is a really heavy quarterback class, and the Dolphins have two first-round picks, and one of those first-round picks is going to end up being potentially a top three, top five pick from the Texans they're going to have ammunition to get a quarterback. Now, P. Schmitty, if you're the Dolphins, is this a smart plan? Like, do you draft Tua and then just, like, put him away if he just doesn't perform in his first... How many starts is he going to have? Like, eight? I I think it comes down to, like, do you... Like, do they see that, okay, yeah, maybe he didn't have a great year this year or even a good year this year, but, like, do we see it in him? Like, does he have the potential to be our franchise quarterback? He doesn't have to put up great numbers. He doesn't even have to play well. But if they see that in him, if they look at him over the next few, what you said, eight games, and they're like, wow, like, Tua is not good. I don't know if he's going to get any better over the next couple of years. Is he worth it? Is he worth investing the next four years and hoping that he ends up working out or taking a solid quarterback in top five, top ten pick? Uh, so I would say, yes, it's a smart smart decision by them. Gavin? So, well, it, it's tough. So, like, I was kind of on the on the train of, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen, um, but either for the for the Giants or for, um, or for the the Washington football team to consider taking Tua, consider considering that Daniel Jones and and Haskins, you know, their first year didn't play all that great, and when you're not sure about a quarterback. You, no, you can't do anything until you have a quarterback outside of a couple outliers like that. It starts the rebuild starts with the quarterback. And so uh, obviously that didn't happen. Um, Andrew Thomas and, and Chase Young ended up going. Um, but I think that everyone points to the Josh Rosen thing, right? The Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen stunk up the league and they traded him the next year for Kyler Murray because they had, they had a number one overall pick and they had Kyler Murray, who was a great prospect. 
Uh, and so they took him and dumped him. And that turned out great because Josh Rosen is now sitting on the practice squad in Tampa and Kyler Murray is doing well. And so I think it's a good move. I think if he shows no promise over the course of these eight or nine weeks, however many he has, then yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing to do. I don't know. Like Chris, would you, would you cut Tua or would you bring in another quarterback, no. not cut him, but try to trade him? Or would you bring in another quarterback and have him compete in pre or the off season? Like what, what, what I would think, you do? I think it depends on what you can get. Cause if somebody's offering me a first rounder for Tua, I'm taking that all the way. It's oh, like, sure. Sure. Cause you get your money back basically. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Not. Yeah. So if if it's a second, maybe it just really depends what your opinion is. Like, it, like P. Schmitty put it really well. He if the team doesn't believe in him, then you're going to coach like you don't believe in him. Yeah. Like you see with the Bears, Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky, they call games when Mitch was starting, at least they called games scared because they knew the limitations of Mitchell Trubisky. And when you have to limit your offense because you just really don't believe in your quarterback, but you're forced into starting him because of a high like draft pick. That's the worst situation to be in. You yeah. don't want to be in that situation. So the Dolphins are really saying, you know what? If we don't believe in this guy by the end of the year, why the fuck am I going to keep him? Like it's makes the most sense in the world. Like if you don't believe you have your franchise quarterback, you go and get another franchise quarterback. It's it's as simple as that. You. In the National Football League in the year 2020, you don't win without a quarterback. You go back to 2010, where Aaron Rodgers won a, won a Super Bowl against Pittsburgh Steelers. 2011, 2011 Eli Manning. Well, it was the year 2011, but it was oh, the season, season in 2010. Yeah, yeah. And 2011, Eli Manning. Eli Manning was a franchise quarterback for a time, being for a little bit of time. Joe Flacco. I mean, that's you know that that kind of happens every so often. Got hot in the playoffs. Then you have Russell Wilson, uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady over and over and over again. It's like these like you don't win Super Bowls without a franchise quarterback. And the Dolphins understand that and they see that they have a ton of draft capital and they're saying, fuck it. If two is not our guy, this is a draft to draft a quarterback. Why not? It's just, you know, it's 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 not putting it's not putting all your eggs in one basket and allowing room for error. So I think it's smart. I think it's very smart. If the Dol- like if the Dolphins actually do this, I think they're one of the smartest organizations in football, which is far from what they were a few years ago. They did just trade for a running back, though, at the trade deadline. They did just trade for a running back. That is true. They traded a... <laughs> DeAndre Washington from Kansas City, I believe it was a six-round pick or a se- no, it was a seventh-round pick, which is crazy, but you know it's fine, whatever. Uh, it's a seventh rounder. It could be worse. I mean, yeah, it definitely can be worse. Uh, moving on though, so we have a special show. We are doing an award show. Our halfway mark, our halfway award show. Who is the MVP of the National Football League? Who's Defensive Player of the Year? Our All-Pro teams, etc. Maybe, maybe we'll have a little bit of a debate, but. We'll get to our all-pro teams first. So, P. Schmitty, who is your all-pro quarterback? Can you guess it? I think I might be in agreement with all both you guys. Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Far and away, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Man. No, 
I'm going to Russ. It's hard not to go Russ. Uh, he's having an MVP season. He's balling out. He's also my quarterback in fantasy football, so I watch him in every single game. But he's electric. He's fun to watch, and he's putting up insane numbers. And no one throws a prettier deep ball in the history of the nobody. NFL than Russell Wilson. Nobody. There's nobody who literally has the ball literally kiss the fucking sky and then fall right into DK or Tyler Lockett or even David fucking Moore's hands. Like he, make, he can make some some random ass receivers into special players. Fucking drop in a bucket, dude. It's it's incredible. Yeah, his his stats right now. Right now, he is on pace for 4,917 yards, which is crazy to think about considering we were how much fans were clamoring for Russell Wilson, the let Russ cook movement. He's on pace for 59 touchdowns, which would break Peyton Manning's record set in 2014, I believe, 2015. Uh, definitely 15, not 2015. <laughs> I guarantee it was not 2015. <laughs> that was his terrible year in the Super Bowl. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Twenty. Yeah, 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. Uh, 59 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and then he's he's rushing the ball too. 594 rush yards is what he's on pace for. He's incredible. He can do it all. He can stand in the pocket, throw a dime. He can run the ball. He can get out of the pocket. He's literally he is him and Patrick Mahomes, the two quarterbacks I look at, and I'm like, these are the two absolutely perfect quarterbacks built in a lab. It's is fucking incre- fucking incredible. He's I'm very excited for him. But moving on to what some people consider the most important position in sports, the running back. Oh, man. So we get two picks. We, you get two all-pro running backs. Um, I thought it was uh, a one and a flex. Or am I wrong? No, it's two, it's two running backs and a flex. That's oh, not what you put on wait, your you sent, Yeah, you sent one what, running back and one did flex. Did I put one running back? And fl- yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked up. I fucked up. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Behind the pod mistake by Chris McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can um, add one in there, and but, you know. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's it's cute. It's good. Gavin, yeah. shut up. Shut oh, up, okay? All right. Shut up. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Gavin, go. You don't have to shut up. Okay. Uh, my running back. Uh, my upper running back is, is Alvin Kamara. Um, maybe my vote would have been different if CMC was healthy, but Kamara's just been balling out. I mean, he, for as much as running backs don't matter, he's carried an offense about as much as you can as a running back with Drew Brees being uh, old man Brees. And uh, dude, the, the way he runs is unfair. I hate that he's in my division and the balance that man has and just it's stupid. He's he's electric in the passing game. He's great on the, on, on the ground game. Like, He's one of the more valuable running backs just because of what he adds in the passing game. It's it's it, he's insane. He's really really good. He is indeed. Peace, Mini. Do you have a different running back? No, I'm with him. For the fans out there, he Alvin Kamara is also my fantasy football running back. I know sounds like I have a great team. I should be what seven and zero right now or whatever. I'm not. I am <laughs> not even close to that. Um, but I also have Alvin Kamara. I mean, you could literally, he could be the team's receiver and he very well might be behind Michael Thomas, their number two receiver. He's awesome. He's great. He is also my AP, not AP. My, he's my all pro. Uh, he he's has 400. You're not the yards. Associated Press. Just to, just yeah, to I was, I was going to, I'm so used to seeing AP all pro to where I almost just said our list was AP all pro. No, it's no. <laughs> all pro. It's all pro. Not trying to, don't sue me. I don't have money. 
Alvin Kamara, right now, 431 rush yards, four rushing touchdowns, 55 receptions for 556 yards and three receiving touchdowns. Right now, he's on pace for 126 receptions, 1,271 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. I'm going to say it. Alvin Kamara might matter. I feel like that's only because he is so valuable in the receiving game. But that's that's the thing. That's the thing. It is, on the Saints offense, the state that it is in, with Drew Brees not being able to pass pass five yards, Alvin Kamara, like in terms of running back talent, it's literally CMC, Kamara, and then 100 pounds of dog shit, and then whatever your rankings now, are. Saquon, when he's fully healthy, is good. No. I mean, yes, he is. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not, he's not in comparison to either of them. Okay, I, I'm not going to argue. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if he's under 100 pounds of dog shit. <laughs> if, you're, if, if you're not, if you aren't in the receiving class of Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara, then Christian Kamara, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> Alvin Kamara, 100, 100 pounds of dog shit. Because if you are adding that element to my game, where I know if there's a blitz coming and I could just send it to you in the flat and you can make a man miss or I can just send you out wide and you can beat a linebacker off any route I do for you because your route running is as good as most receivers or or better, then you are up and away better than every running back in the league. Because running the ball, anybody can fucking run the ball if you have a good offensive line. And Kamara does that. He's rushing at five yards per carry, plus he's on pace for 126 receptions. Like, there is no argument to be made. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, whatever order you want to put them in, those two running backs legitimately are the best running backs in football. And there I, don't, been, I don't think there's even an argument. Yeah, there have been a few running backs in the history of the NFL that have mattered. And I think there's not many. Barry Sanders, Jamal Charles, and then... These two guys, I think, I don't know if they're in that league, but Jamal, like we've talked about Jamal Charles, maybe not on the podcast, but that did mattered. I wish he didn't get injured, but now, now let me, let me, let me just go back. Yes, Chris said a running back mattered. Alvin Kamara does, in a way, matter. I don't think if Alvin Kamara is on a different offense, I don't think he would matter as much because Alvin Kamara literally matters because Drew Brees can't throw the ball. <laughs> exactly. So that's the only so way the offense like, fully functions. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in a functional offense like the Chiefs, Alvin Kamara is just like, yeah, Alvin Kamara is going to dominate in that offense. But it's also like, how how is he? How does he matter if literally they just have all these fucking weapons and they're winning Super Bowls without you? But this offense, Alvin Kamara does matter, and maybe that's why the extension actually makes kind of sense for them. But yeah, yeah. whatever. Moving on to a more important position, wide receiver. Here's where we might have a little bit of disagreement. So I'll, I'll say my first wide receiver. Yet two. I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in football currently. When healthy, I think it's Julio Jones, but right now I think it's DeAndre Hopkins. He has 57 receptions, 704 yards. Both of those lead the league. His three touchdowns. He's on pace for 130 receptions, 1,609 yards, seven touchdowns. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. He's always produced. Doesn't matter who, who it is. He's produced with Deshaun Watson, which 
I mean, Sean Watson's a good quarterback. Kyler Murray now. He had Ryan Mout as his fucking quarterback. Brandon Whedon. This guy legitimately is one of the few quarterback per wide receivers in NFL history. He is absolutely fucking insane. I I thought that it was going to take a little bit longer for him and Kyler Murray's connection to establish. I was wrong. Dead wrong. Because it doesn't matter with DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone connects with DeAndre Hopkins. He's the best wide receiver. Wide open. Just... He's 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 a fucking man. He's the fucking man. Uh do either of you have DeAndre Hopkins on your list? I have him as my wide receiver two. Your wide receiver so, two. Okay. Yeah. But still first team all pro. But still first, first team, team all pro. pro. Yeah. That's all that's all good. That's all yeah. good. Peach many, do you? He is also my two. He's your two. So who's your one? I think I we have, probably have the same person. Go ahead, Gavin. Let me hear uh, it. Devonte Adams is my is yes, my sir. number one. Devonte Adams you. is far and away, I believe, the best route runner in in the league, and he's just not only that, but he he does what not many people can do, and that's gain Aaron Rodgers' trust. And I think when when you do that, that well, that just well, that in in itself proves how good of a receiver you are. And like he just produces, man. Like he when he's not injured, last season was a little bit of a disappointment. Chris knows that having him on fantasy. But when he's fully healthy and like good to go, that man is an absolute game changer and re- and insanely hard to stop. See, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Uh, Peach Mini, actually, I didn't let you speak. Why, why do you have Devontae Adams? No, I'm with him. It's honestly his route running. It's just it's so crisp. It's so like he just gets so much separation. He like every route that he runs, it's just so clean. It's it's just fun to watch him. Like I could literally sit there all game and watch him run routes and not watch any of the rest of the game. And even if he doesn't get targeted that often, like just watching him burn these guys, uh, it's great. He is he far away has the best release off the line of scrimmage. It, like it you try and get your hands on him, you can't because he just beats you stutter step, whatever whatever move he does, you can't touch him as a corner. With that said, I don't have him here. I I actually have even in your flex. We'll get to that. <laughs> I have him. I have DK Metcalf. All right. Wow. All right. Because, so DK Metcalf, thirty six receptions, six hundred eighty yards, eighteen point nine yards per reception, seven touchdowns, which is tied for the league league. He's on pace for eighty two receptions, fifteen hundred fifty four yards, and sixteen touchdowns. Those are fucking insane numbers. He has one game this entire year one game under 92 yards chris i got a question just real quick do you think because i think this logic applies to Devonte adams if you put Devonte adams on basically any team in the league he's going to still produce do you think dk metcalf would still be as good as he is if he wasn't being thrown the ball by russ because i feel like dk can run in a straight line very very well i'm not saying his route running is bad but the fact that he can put the ball can be placed in his hands 40 yards downfield. It just it elevates his game so much. And that is because he's on a team with Russell Wilson. I mean, this isn't this isn't who I think is better. Just just based on this year. Is that OK? This, I mean, this is based based on this year model of consistency. He literally has had only one game under 92 yards this entire year. Like when you're consistently going out there, you're going you're putting up 90, 90, 90, 90, 100, 100, 100. He's. It's hard not to put him up there, especially when he's such a matchup nightmare. Like I said, I tweeted this out. He might not be the best wide receiver in football. I just said DeAndre Hopkins was. 
I think he's the most dangerous. And to answer your question, would he be able to do this on another team? I think he would. Maybe not as well, because obviously Russell Wilson, arguably the best quarterback in football, you're going to have better numbers because of that. But this isn't... I think we need to go back and kind of reject the whole, okay, he runs really well in a straight line. He's just beating guys. It doesn't matter. Like, like yeah, he has technically a limited route tree, but the limited route tree he has, which I, I would argue is not actually that limited based off of what we've seen this year. We saw, like, this past week, we saw him run a uh, 10-15 uh, yard dig route, and he took it to the house. He's not as limited as what people made him out to be coming out of the draft. He is legitimately a... He's a guy who you put the ball on his hands and he can score on any play. He is the most... He is Tyree Kill. Just bigger. Like eight inches bigger. And, and not a piece of shit. Not a piece of shit. And <laughs> with like a 0% body fat and... and just a fucking he's a tank. Can we he okay is, also I don't know if you saw this tweet. I'm sorry to, to barge in. His dad or something was was talking about how like how good of an athlete he was as a kid. And he tweeted out that or he didn't he didn't tweet out, but he he said that DK Metcalf in kindergarten was benching fifty pounds and squatting a hundred pounds. And I, I believe think, it. No, you are not squatting 100 pounds when you weigh 30 pounds. <laughs> in kindergarten? No, I, fu- I fucking believe it. No, and you you don't have 0% body fat. Like, I get DK Metcalf is like a monster, but like, no, I don't he think it's really possible that like, there was, when he came out of the draft, it was like, he has 1.2%. It's like, dude, you'd be dead. I don't know. But anyway, I I digress. I, I do I do think DK is, is very good, very dangerous, but yeah. I, I, think, he, I think he has a legitimate argument to be a top five receiver in football because even even if you think his route running is limited there aren't many receivers in football that change a game plan quite like dk metcalf does like tyree kill where you have to know where he is on every single play and that itself changes a defense because you don't want to you don't want tyree kill to beat you on one play DK Metcalf has that same type of ability, but he's physically that much greater than Tiger Kill. He's a fucking he's a, he's a fucking monster. He's right now first team All Pro. Uh, now moving on to what I think is probably the easiest pick of the entire entire list, the tight end spot. Who are you going to pick over this guy? It's Travis Kelsey. I think we can all agree. As of right now, I mean, you can't. I mean, last year it was George Kittle. I would argue. I mean, just because as far as an overall complete tight end, but Travis Kelsey and his receiving ability is just stupid. And the tight end class this year isn't that great. And I don't really know who you'd put outside of those two. I mean, it's not really particularly close. So and then George Kittle tight ends are having good years. Yeah, obviously not Kittle, but I'm just I was trying to think about that. Like, who would I even? Who's even the runner up? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe Darren Waller, um, <laughs> Evan Ingram. <laughs> oh, yikes! Yeah, go fuck yourself. It was so funny when he made that catch on Monday night, like where he hit that. Uh, it was literally the exact same play. Around. Like it was the exact same way. He stretched was, out the exact same amount, and this time he came down with it. Though. He caught it, know. but the funniest part about it was the fake crowd noise. After it, legitimately sounded like the fake crowd was surprised he caught it. <laughs> 
<laughs> we definitely were. We all the guy were. in the booth would did that on purpose, probably. Yeah, it was. Uh, like, I I heard. I was like, all right, that's that's dirty. That's fucking dirty. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey, six hundred ten yards, six touchdowns already. Positive touchdown regression from last year. I believe he only had five touchdowns on the year last year. He already has six. He's on pace for ninety six receptions, twelve hundred twenty yards, twelve touchdowns. He's a fucking monster. And I mean, every I, year, I mean, I, yeah. obviously being the Chiefs' offense helps, but I mean, it it you can't deny. I don't know. You can only ding someone so much for being in a good system because at the end of the day, they're they're producing and they're changing games. Yeah. So, um, moving on to our flexes, I already alluded to this earlier. Devontae Adams is my flex. I didn't want to keep him out. I thought it was criminal. I kept him out. I just he already DK is Metcalf. criminal. I thought DK Metcalf was just has been more consistent. He's uh, I I I couldn't keep DK Metcalf out of my first spot. Uh, but Devontae Adams, my flex, 16-game pace right now, 138 receptions, 1,606 yards, 22 touchdowns. Of course, he's not going to score 22 touchdowns, but he's just, right now, 43 receptions, 502 yards, 7 touchdowns, and he missed a game and a half. He's a monster. He's everything you want in a receiver. I couldn't keep him off my first team all-pro list. Now, who do you guys have in your flex? Uh, well... I might I might anger some people here, but I uh, I decided to go with Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> Let's hear your reasoning behind that. No, no, I'm literally literally just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I um no, so I was kind of torn here because if we're talking about like production, like Dalvin Cook has when he hasn't been injured, which is which is hard because I don't know how much to ding people for injuries, and maybe this is also recency bias because he just had a monster game uh, where he scored four touchdowns. But, like, obviously Dalvin Cook changes things, and he's very good. I'm not He's not really on the level of Kamara and um, and CMC, but I just think that he's he's insanely good, a, a very good running back. The other person I was maybe thinking of, um, be a wide receiver with, with Keenan Allen, just because he's like, Keenan Allen is kind of criminally underrated over his career. And maybe that's just because he's been injured as well over the course of his career. But I mean, his route running is really good and he's not really ever thrown up in that conversation of like the top receivers. And I don't think he has a drop this year either, which is kind of incredible. He and, just had his first one last game. Okay. Well, okay. We're in week, whatever. And he's yeah, he had his again. first drop. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's between those two, but I, I officially put Dalvin cook, but I, it, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to keep somebody off the list when he has 652 rushing yards, over 100 yards, 100 rushing yards per game, 10 touchdowns in six games, uh, and then you know he's just in a 16 game sample he would be on pace for 1739 yards and 27 rushing touchdowns. Like, if he finishes with 20 rushing touchdowns this year, I will I will not be shocked. Well, are those? You said total touchdowns, right? So, like, I don't think he has 10 rushing, does he? Or is that also? Yes, he has 10 rushing. So, even more receiving, because I know he had a receiving one last game. I don't know how he, many total he has. He has 11 total touchdowns right now. Oh, okay. One receiving, 10 rushing. If he finishes with 20 rushing touchdowns this year, I will not be shocked at all. I'm kind of shocked that he only has one receiving touchdown, though. I am too, but it's a Mike Zimmer offense. So, I feel like yeah, I'm not really that, that shocked. Yeah, he, he only has 14 receptions. Like they don't use him in the passing game. That's which crazy. I, he's, you know, it's it's wild to me too because he is so dynamic. You'd want to get the ball in his hands as much as possible, but 
you know, Mike Zimmer, just going to hand it off to him 25 times a game and let him get hurt. But, you know, that's cool. It's cool. Who's in your flex? Um, I didn't want to do a running back because yeah, I did not running backs. Yeah. <laughs> Although was it was it last year or was it two years ago that CMC got first team uh, running back and uh, first team flex? Like he literally took both. It was last year. Yeah, bro, <laughs> that's unbelievable. That I can even do that. So like, should we just put like Alvin Kamara in flex, or should we just put Devontae no, we're not again? In- we're not that stupid. So we're. Just- <laughs> <laughs> um, I was between two receivers, one being DK, and the other one was actually Justin Jefferson. I did decide to go DK. Um, I mm, I really uh, Jefferson's balling out. Don't get me wrong, but and I think I don't know. Like okay, I guess you can't really take away the size part of it. But like you'd rather have DK over Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson, like he, I just feel like he has the potential to be so good, and he's been so good. Yeah, and but DK also has more consistency. Justin Jefferson wasn't started until what the third week. Yeah. And he's had yeah. some amazing, incredible games, but he's also had a couple games where he didn't really do a whole lot. Um, now, whether that's the limitations of the offense and Kirk, whatever, but we're not here to go into that. But I, I do think DK is probably the better pick just because of his consistency and he's a freak. So I like freaks. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on. Let's get to the defensive side of the ball. So oh, our we corners, didn't do the O line, just by the way. We did not. Oh yeah, we didn't do offensive line. Uh, honestly, that I just it was for the reason of not wanting to piss people off or you know any offensive linemen. We don't. We <laughs> I would call us experts when it comes to offensive line play. I know there's a lot of different very uh, varieties type of offensive uh, just blocking schemes. You know, zone blocking schemes, power, blah blah blah. So instead of trying to act like we know what we're talking about when it comes to offensive linemen, we just skipped it all together. We, we can tell you who's good. We, we're not going to try and pretend like uh, saying somebody's the best and being like, oh, gonna, no. But Quickly, I'm going to shout out just Andrew Whitworth. The fact that he's playing as well as he is. Bro, how and, old like, is he? And he's like 82 years old yeah. is actually incredible. So he's, he's my AP first team all pro. <laughs> left tackle offensive lineman in general. So, I mean, him or honestly, I mean, talking about age and playing as great as he is, Trent Williams. Yeah, that's true too. And, and I would have maybe like, Ronnie Staley if he didn't snap his ankle. But how do you argue these guys? Like that's the, that's the thing about offensive linemen where like I I don't know the technique enough. I don't know the uh, the blocking schemes enough to be able to say, oh, this guy is better than this guy 100%. I guess I can use the stats and just say say who's better, but also that doesn't take into account who the quarterback is, the type of plays, blah, blah, blah. So it's better to just kind of get away from that. But going to defense, our corners. So one of these corners, I think everybody has to have Jari Alexander. Yeah, uh, he's my number one. Is it Jair or is it Jair? I think it's Jair. I've said it Jair. right. Yeah. Jair. Just, just check it. He's been everything you'd want out of a lockdown corner. He's definitely going to get defensive player of the year votes. Um, so I'll just move on to my second corner. I'm going to go James Bradbury. Okay. And uh, honestly, and and it's 
I'm not trying to sound like a homer. Obviously, I'm a Giants fan, but if you've listened to the show before, obviously I cannot stand the team. Uh, but in in terms of actual like cornerback play, if we're talking about an out, like an outside corner, Bradbury's been locking down guys the entire year. He's followed the likes of Allen Robinson. Has covered covered him very well. He's covered Amari Cooper. He's he's locked down guys for the majority of the year. He's been better than all of my expectations because in in Carolina, whether it be because he plays in a very played in a very tough wide receiver division with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas, etc. But I didn't I didn't realize how good he was and he's had an incredible year. I think he's absolutely earned an all pro spot through the first eight weeks. What about you guys? You go ahead, Peace Penny. Um, I also have um, Jair as my one, not very disputable. My two, I have uh, Jason Verrett. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. Oh, we got the same one. Yeah, yeah. We have like almost identical list, I think, at this point. Yeah. but Which was one of the fears of this, this segment. Right. <laughs> Jason Verrett, like, not only has he been playing outstanding, but the fact that he already has this year the snap totals that he has played over the course of the last like three seasons or something ridiculous combined. Like he back on when he was actually like playing on the chargers and was actually good. Like he was a good, like very like incredible corner. And then he got injured and couldn't just couldn't manage to stay healthy and like played like 200 snaps over the course of three seasons. And it was ridiculous. But now he's on the, on the Niners and they got him for, I mean, it was like a, a, for nothing really i don't even i don't know if they traded for him if they signed him if he's a free agent i don't know how they got him but it was for nothing and and he's been incredible i mean it, it was really just a great great investment and um if he does if he's in the top you see that he's in the conversation for comeback player of the year and i think you should not well outside of alex smith just because that's a feel-good story and he actually but as far as like playing well and production like that man deserves a comeback player of the year I I will have yeah. words with you later on about comeback player of the year. You're not going to suggest Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Bro, how could you not? Okay, we'll talk about it when we get there. He's later. a game manager, boys. A, <laughs> did you see the surgery he came back from? And and if Alex Smith played more games, I would say the what Alex Smith came back from, I would give it to Alex Smith. But he's only played that what that one game, one and a half games, whatever it being. But whatever, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, I'm just Ben Roethlisberger. If he was playing like well, then maybe I would say it. But he's, he's not playing bad. No, he's just being. He's okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, we'll 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 get to that later. Okay. Um, sorry if you heard my mic drop. I dropped my mic. Uh, moving on to safeties. Uh, I'll I'll go first. I honestly, I two best safeties. Clearly, I'll say both of mine right away. Jesse Bates, the third from Cincinnati Bengals, and Justin Simmons from the Denver Broncos. Both of them are just balling their ass off. They Jesse Bates already has two interceptions on the year. Justin Simmons, you can literally ask him to do anything from run stop to cover a tight end uh, wide receiver. He he's both these both these guys are just playing absolutely incredible right now. Incredible football. I'm not really I there's just nobody else I would pick. Like there's no like I don't I don't know who else at the so safety position is playing all that great. Maybe Tyron Matthew. So I picked, okay, I picked Jesse Bates, obviously, because he's been incredible and by far and away the best safety, I think. And he flies across the field and he's very, very good. 
Um, I thought about Justin Simmons because I think he was kind of a candidate for a regression because like he was just really good last year and it wasn't really like no one really expected that. And I was like, well, he's it might be a one off kind of thing. And he's he's not playing like as well as he was last year, but he's still playing great and he's still playing like uh, really well on that team. And um, but I, I went ahead and just because I figured uh, you probably pick Justin Simmons. I don't know about he's many, but I just pick, I picked Buddha Baker just because like I don't think maybe he's the top safety, but what he does, he, he, he plays very well and he's almost like a kind of like a Jamal Adams kind of, kind of player. And I feel like he's just all over the field and can really do a lot that you ask of him. And he, he's kind of a game changer. So that's why I put, I put Buddha. Yeah. And he's, he's having, after getting a con- the contract extension that he did after re- really like for his first few years, not playing up to what his potential was coming out of college He's he's earned that every bit of that contract this year. He's had an awesome year thus far. It, he probably gets pick six last week if it wasn't for DK Metcalf being a fucking freak. But you know, Peach Mini, what about you? Um, Chris, I didn't think you would do me like this. I talked <laughs> before the podcast. Chris knows that I did not have anyone written for my safety, and I just took Chris's too. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. Not. Uh, moving on. So our last defensive back, the DB position, it could be a safety or it could be a corner. I'm going, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with Marlon Humphrey. You. I think right now, I think right now he's the best slot corner in the league. And I think if we're going to have spots in for all pro, there should be a spot for your, ah, a spot for your nickel corner. And he's the best one in the league probably. So Marlon Humphrey, Baltimore Raven. Just that entire Raven secondary is incredible, and he's right there with all of them. He's one of the best corners in the game, if not the best, and he's playing the slot. Gavin, you're very upset. What what, what do you have to say about Marlon? Yeah, because you're a bastard. Um, that's all. <laughs> so, uh, I I picked Marlon Humphrey as well, and maybe um, he's he's an interesting player because I think he's he's very good at what he does, but he's also asked to do difficult things in um in baltimore he's kind of asked to play one-on-one coverage and while he's very good at it i think last year uh he was in terms of like grade by pff in in one one-on-one coverage stefan gilmore obviously was at the top just because he had a freakish year last year and it was marlon humphrey at two not there that far behind and then to quote chris 100 positive dog shit and then the next person uh, he was, he's very good. And he's, he's, I keep using the word game changer because that's what a lot of these guys are. Um, obviously if they're all pro. So Marlon Humphrey, while maybe not having the most flashy of years, he's also has downs as, as well as his ups, but I think that's more because of the role that he plays than, um, his ability. Uh, I think another guy that maybe, um, I, I could throw out there would, would be Jamel Dean just because like, he's, uh, he's been incredible. He's been really, really good on that Tampa Bay defense and kind of like the one of the cornerstones on that defense. And um, it's important for a defense to have a good secondary or else you're just kind of and and he is he's been a lockdown corner. I mean, that's that's all you really. And he, he he showed that kind of he showed flashes of that last year. Or is he? No, wait. Am I thinking the same guy? Is he? He's not a rookie, is he? I'm not sounding like an idiot. No, he's second year. That's what I thought. OK, I'm thinking of the right guy last year. He down the stretch. 
Uh, the Bucks defense, you know, have show flashes, and that's why people thought they might be good going into this year. And Jamel Dean was part of that. Um, he showed he showed really good play going down the stretch last year, and he's kind of picked up right where he left off. Um, and he's he's playing very well. So, yeah, no, I I agree. Great, great picks there, Marlon, Marlon Humphrey. Awesome. Uh, Peach, May, did you do a defensive back or did you? No, that's fine. That's fine. But I know you have this position, edge defender. Tell us about, I want tell you us to what, please guess who, us who, who my number one is. Please. Oh, I didn't yeah. pick you up. What? I didn't. I didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, <laughs> Bro, he's I, been a fucking monster. He's been incredibly good. He's been good his whole career, but he's. Uh, you don't think he's been good his whole career? Well, define good. I mean, like his rookie year, he was okay. He wasn't nearly what he is now. He wasn't like no, elite. He was he was good as rookie year. I was, was going to say, I would still argue he's been good. Yeah. His, I guess his last two years have been incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yes, he has been really good. He has six and a half sacks right now in seven games. I don't know how I had to think about that. Um, my two I is, I hate that I have this as my two. Well, okay, I'll just say Watt has 39 quarterback pressures. Which, if you ask me, is more almost more important than sacks because sacks can come from, um, you know, it's Outage. not necessarily on exactly. It's not necessarily on the the player winning his his battle or getting to the quarterback. Like he can happen to be schemed open, or he can just the quarterback can make a stupid play and run into run out like Daniel Jones did the other night. Pressures are more um, predictive, is the thing. Like they're more predictive of future pressures, whereas sacks yeah. are not predictive at all. You just ask Marcus Golden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but Watt has 39 pressures. My second edge defender is Garrett, who has 38 pressures. Great, good for him. For that guy, he's strong. Um, shit, and you can ask Mason Rudolph. Just <laughs> uh, if he, uh, I'm surprised Mason Rudolph didn't lose his head if he was that strong, dude. Fucking bonk. But we'll we'll sidestep that. I I cannot stand Miles Garrett as a Steelers fan, but he's really good, and I have to respect that. But T.J. Watt does have one more quarterback pressure than he does in a whole less game. Browns are on their bye this week, and Steelers have already had their bye. So there's that. Yeah, and, but so Miles Garrett does have nine sacks. Oh, I'll want to throw that out there, too. Gavin, uh, T.J. Watt and who? Because uh, let's just get this out of the way. T.J. Watt is going to be in this year's Defensive Player of the Year discussion. So T.J. Watt and who? I, I mean... Miles Garrett has been playing very well and, and no one can really deny that. And I think, but like, also I don't want to just say Khalil Mack because that's kind of like a easy answer, but the fact that he's, he's come back and, and like last year was a down year, quote unquote for Khalil Mack, but he's back and he's playing incredibly. And, um, but I think Miles Garrett is also very good and he is what people thought he was going to be coming out of college. And I think he's one of the great edge defenders last year. He was on, he was last year before he bonked Mason Rudolph. He was on pace for an incredible season and um, he's, he's still playing very well. So I hate that I'm like copping out and giving two answers to like a lot of positions, but I feel like it's kind of hard to decipher and you're kind of splitting hairs here. Uh, and it just depends on the style of player you want. But I, I mean, I like Khalil Mack a lot, so not what I actually picked Khalil first. Mack. Yeah. I, I pick Khalil Mack just because he just his all around game is just incredible. Like Miles Garrett, as good as he is as a pass rusher, he like at least this year so far, like run defense wise, he hasn't been 
the all-around stud that Khalil Mack has been. And obviously, defending the pass is much more valuable than stopping the run. Khalil Mack does that too. He has six and a half sacks this year. I know it's not as much as uh, it's not as much Miles Garrett's nine, but you know, six and a half isn't that's pretty fucking good number and especially because he's right up there in pressures i believe he has 33 pressures compared to uh miles garrett's 38 so just i like to shout out by the way um just to be in my little homer moment if we're going by pff grade um just shout out my boy brian burns with the highest overall pass rush grade in the entire league uh really coming on strong in his in his in his uh this campaign i think he's second year and um yeah, very, very, very. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> How the fuck do you even just do that right there? How do you just like, like, just walk on in and be like, oh, don't be the shut. We're talking about the all pros, and you bring up fucking Brian Burns in this highest show? overall pass rush grade in the entire NFL. Go fuck yourself. Dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but all right, moving on to our last position, off ball linebacker. I'm going to say it. Bobby Wagner, obviously, best yeah. linebacker in football. Him and him and uh, Luke Keekley over the past decade have really been the best line, some of the best linebackers we've ever seen. And Bobby Wagner is just being used in the blitz. He's blitzing more and more this year. He he's you can't stop him when he blitzes. Uh, and Levante David, Levante David is the most underrated player in football, and he has been for some time. The fact that he only has one Pro Bowl, one All Pro so far is astonishing because Levante David literally does everything. He is annually one of the best coverage linebackers in football. He consistently covers tight ends, running backs, everyone. He is one of the few people who can actually, one of the few linebackers who can actually somewhat cover Alvin Kamara in that division. He He's a fucking monster. He deserves all pro all the way. Who are you guys linebackers before we get to the final awards? Well, I, I don't want to be... Okay, only because you took both of my linebackers that I had, um, I'll, I'll give you another one. Because, I mean, Bobby Wagner, like you said, him and... I can't even say his name without crying. Um, Luke Keekley, my boy, uh, after he retired because his brain was turning into mashed potatoes. Uh, him and Luke Keekley were the, like, the unanimous... Both of them were just the two best like prototype linebackers in the NFL. And with Luke Keekley gone, it's it's left alone with Bobby Wagner. Um, he had a down year last year, but that's because Pete Carroll decided to run base defense more than any other team in the entire league by far and was matching him up against wide receivers. And it was just really stupid. But this year, I mean, he, he's he's playing really well. And um, and I have Levante David as well. He's been criminally under, underrated his entire career. And uh, he's a very good outside linebacker. And... Um, yeah, covers really well, and he's very, very good. Uh, the other guy, I mean, like, the guy that's impressed me is Fred Warner, the guy. Um, he's on San Francisco. Yeah. He's a, he's an incredible linebacker, and, and uh, I mean, not really much else you can say. I mean, he's very good. I, I didn't really prepare to talk about him because I had Levante David, but Fred Warner, just the eye test, like me watching him, he's he's a very good athletic linebacker. So Yeah, he did. He, he picked off Daniel Jones. <laughs> so, uh accomplishment there nobody's ever done that before no nope. but uh, um peach mini who do you got um i did have bobby wagner as my one crazy shocker i know um blaine is your two <laughs> yeah oh, he got himself a touchdown on the year <laughs> Dude, you shouted him out in that one podcast when you when uh 
after uh, White went down, and you're like, now it's undrafted Spillane or whatever. Oh, <laughs> you, gotta, oh, oh, oh. you just you just did my boy dirty. You called him Devin White there, and that he's not Devin White. He's Devin Bush. Devin Bush. <laughs> I always get those two confused because they're both linebackers and they're both. And they like, came out uh, in the same like top twelve. Yeah, exactly. so, class. Yeah, yeah, that's Devin funny. Devin White is on the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, Devin Bush. It's fine. <laughs> I pulled a crit there. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've not done it once this episode. I've been very good. You're about to do it like 10 more times. You jinxed yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of mixing up. I went to PFF to see how they did their grades for my number two. And I was surprised to see that miles Jack is having a really good year. He's been really good in coverage. Like he's the only thing on that defense that has done anything. It seems, I mean, he's not making splash plays specifically, but, um, PFF has him graded at a an 88.6, which is the number one linebacker, which is impressive. Not to mention that, like, he was good early in his career. Like, he was part of that 2017 Jag, like, Sacks yeah. Jags defense. And then he kind of was bad the last few years, just really not really – you never heard his name, didn't really do much. And now he's back this year playing really well. So, yeah, I mean, good for him. Now, to moving on to potentially the most contentious thing that we'll have oh, uh, our awards. And can we, can, we name this, first... can we name this position the best interior defenders not named Aaron Donald? Can we just do that real quick? Because Oh, we're... did we not do interior defender? Oh, okay. Uh, no, yeah, we yeah, didn't. Yeah. But I mean, we're, Aaron... Three of us are definitely saying Aaron Donald for one. You can't. Aaron I thought Donald, you were, you were being then... protested because of that. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 no. Aaron Donald and I have Chris Jones. I mean, Aaron Donald, he has nine sacks already. Most pressures in the league league per pff chris jones he's he's one of the most underrated defenders i feel like he gets kind of lost because that chief's offense is so goddamn good but he has four and a half sacks from being and being an interior defensive lineman having four and a half sacks he's gonna be on he's gonna be close to 10 if he stays on this pace uh he's he's a fucking monster and he just signed like a 90 million dollar contract this offseason he deserved every penny of it he's one of the best football players is, do you guys have anything different? Well, okay. First, I'm going to say my pick, and then I'm going to guess who P. Smitty picked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with Vita Vea because Vita Vea, like on the Buccaneers, it, if you're trying to find someone that fits the same kind of mold as Aaron Donald, um, Vita Vea is kind of that. Not Obviously, he's not on the same level, but his quickness and his pass rush ability and his game-wrecking ability – is while again not quite on the same level as Aaron Donald, it's getting there and he's trending in the right direction and he's a very, he, very good D tackle. The only the only thing is, it, and I'll agree, he he he's he was playing incredible, but he is out for the year. Oh, I actually did not know that. Um, yeah, yeah, he tore he tore he tore his ACL a few weeks ago. It was uh, Thursday night. I'm pretty sure you guys talked about it on the last podcast. You, Gavin, I think, said that he was yeah, injured. Walu, I didn't. Yeah, I know. He he is playing very well, and I, I'll give you that. Um, he, I mean, I, fuck, I can't. I'm not going to dispute it. I just, oh, I, I meant, I, I meant that on the last podcast you were talking about Vita Vea, but I, you did also talk about Alu Alu. I uh, did I mention Vita Vea in the last podcast? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. Maybe you did. It just slipped over my head because yeah, because Vita Vea has been out for a few weeks now. Okay, well. I'm still on what I said stands. I don't mean I don't know. I haven't been watching Bucks games. I guess I missed that. I don't know how I missed that. But um yeah, Tyson Alalu is very good. I don't know if that's who you put as your other guy. Um 
But I mentioned that the Steelers had like three of the top five graded interior defenders. It's not the case anymore, but I don't know. You you go ahead. I mean, because mine was Chris Jones and Aaron Donald, but that's... <laughs> Keeps taking yours. Um, oh, we I, can I, have I the between... same picks. I know, I know, I know. But I just want to be... It's not as fun. I want to talk about something different. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I was between Alulu or Stefan Tuitt. Oh, boy. Off a really good game on the. I know. I had to. I had to go to my Steelers on this one. I, I mean, my Stephon only other Steelers too, pick was. Though, I mean, he, he has the same amount of pressures as fucking TJ Watt. Why don't you throw That's some what I mean. Falling out. Cameron Hayward is also incredible. So yeah, they, they, they their fucking front seven is just fucking ridiculous. So, but moving on to our awards, where comeback player of the year will be our first one. Peachman, he's gonna. Uh, talk about somebody who's not incredible. Uh, why is Big Ben your uh, comeback player of the year? Well, okay, okay. So we'll ha- we have to talk about what you consider a comeback player of the year then. So are you talking about, like, I, I'm, aside from how the it NFL... It can be either way. Because well, that's, that's the thing. Like, it, it can be either... Because I've seen the NFL do both. I've seen the NFL was do it last based year? on performance. Comeback player of the year last year was, I believe, Richard Sherman. Yeah, I think it was too. And and the thing is, is like, first of all, it's a stupid award. I think, uh, like, it's more of like a feel good story. And sometimes I think now, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was. Oh right, right, Ryan Daniel. Yeah. I, I think there was one year that Philip Rivers won it. Now I might be mistaken. Philip Rivers won it, and it was just because the year before he just sucked really bad. He was That's bad. Bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> like he played the entire season. He just was ass. And then he, and then in the next year he was like played at an MVP level, and so he won Comeback Player of the Year, but he wasn't injured. He was so, I, I it's a dumb award, but my whole thing was like Jason Verrett, or Alex Smith, or even Alden Smith. It was up to a certain point. Alden Smith was playing really well, kind of dropped off the last couple of weeks, so that's why mine's Jason Verrett now. And also Alden Smith, it's kind of and because he had some questionable things that he did. So I don't know if you want to put him and in the spotlight, but that's what I was kind of looking at was like. Like, is going into the year, like, Gronk was up there on, like, betting odds for, like, comeback player of the year. And I don't think that's fair for him to earn comeback player of the year after retiring himself. Like, he left on his own choice to leave football and came back. And if he ended up having a, a crazy good year and won comeback player of the year, would be like, well, bro, like, that's bullshit. Like, it's not like anything happened that you ha- were forced out of football and you had to come back. Like, Boy, yes, exactly. I came exactly. back. Sometimes there's just I'm, no, like, crazy feel-good stories. So it's like, I don't know. But... Okay, let me just say though, the whole Alex Smith comeback story. I mean, it's a great story. If he wins comeback player of the year, that's that's gonna be the most bullshit award of all time. It is nothing. He didn't do anything. He got sacked by Donald. He didn't do anything in the NFL, but you have this man was close to losing his goddamn leg. Absolutely, no. I get that. I get that. But it's just if we're talking about like comeback player of the year, you have to both come back and perform. This isn't. This isn't just like oh you can't. You you came back from a gruesome injury, something that I like. I don't know if I would be able to do. I don't know if I would have the strength. I probably would have retired to be honest. I mean, he's made his money, but he gets. I mean, he's made his money, and he said, "You know what? I'm still gonna come back because I love football." That's an incredible, incredible thing. Comeback player of the year for one appearance, and then getting benched for Kyle Allen. <laughs> like it's honestly- just, I, it's it's almost like you should retire. Because that, like, how do you come back from that? Right. Like, and, and then if he comes back from that, maybe he will deserve comeback player of the year. 
You but, don't come back uh, from getting benched for Kyle Allen. So Jason Barrett is mine. He's playing an important position at, at corner. He's repl- he's replaced Richard Sherman admirably. He's been arguably the best corner in football besides maybe Jare Alexam- Alexander. Fuck. Uh, I know where you're going to go with this speech, Mini. Big Ben, I've, I, I've given Big Ben some shit this year. And it's not because he's been playing bad. He's been playing pretty good. He's a pretty good quarterback. My argument about Big Ben is more due to, well, one, when it comes to comeback player of the year, I mean, he hurt his elbow, he's back. I just think Jason Brett is playing so well to where it's hard not to give it to him. So, was, so clarify with Barrett, though. Was Barrett, like, what was Barrett doing last year? Like, he got Nothing. hurt. He, he was hurt. He, he tore okay. He tore that's just, okay, that's fair. That, that's a that's a fair argument. And, if, so, and also, also, like, like, how much would you shit on me, Peace Smitty, if I were to say, well, maybe Teddy Bridgewater deserves it? Because he tore his knee into, a, a like, mush, like pudding, and then came and has now come back and is a starting quarterback again in the NFL and, and not, not performing that bad. Like, he, yeah. I know, I know it's dumb. I'm not, I'm, I don't think it's true either. But, like, I don't think he's who's playing better, Teddy Bridgewater or Big Ben. Big Ben's on an undefeated team, but I'm just saying. I I mean, they're comparable, honestly. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I would argue that, like, I mean, Big Ben's yeah. playing better than Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion. I mean, he's I believe he's beating him in both uh, both EPA per play and PFF grade. He's definitely beating him in PFF grade. Let me check on EPA per play because Ben's actually surprisingly up there in EPA per play. Well, EPA I wouldn't per play put is also like a team stat. Yeah, it is. There, so, it is. But uh, he he deserves credit at least uh, for being able to, at his age, play as well as he is playing. But I I would argue that he's not. Yeah, Big Ben is nineteenth in PFF grade, and Teddy Bridgewater is twenty sixth. I'm just saying that it like it's it would be outlandish for me to say Teddy Bridgewater, but not Big Ben. I don't know. I get it. I get the whole Big Ben thing. Like he came back from elbow injury, whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, Big Ben's eighth in EPA per play right now. My my only argument for that would be that I think if the team, like, if they were losing games by a bigger amount and they weren't playing as well, like, his stats would be a lot higher. And I think, it would, oh, he'd have another six or seven touchdowns or and he'd have another 800, 900 yards if the, team, the entire team wasn't playing at the level that they're playing at and they weren't an undefeated team. Like, if they were... The defense wasn't as good because there's been like three or four games where he doesn't need to just chuck the ball and throw it. Like the running game yeah. is beneficent. Like they're they're successfully running the ball and they don't need to come back from this great deficit. No, but my thing is, it's like when you, when I look at the Steelers, they are a great roster. But the fact that when I look at it and I the thing that worries me the most about that entire team is Big Ben. And that he is what's going to stand in the way of them and the Super Bowl when it comes down to the playoffs. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, is comeback player of the year supposed to be a Super Bowl winner as well? No. Well, because it was Ryan I, I, or at last year. Yeah, no, but that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I think the thing is, I, I will give, I will give ben, Big Ben shit. I will say, I don't think he's good enough for the Steelers to win a Super Bowl. Probably. I mean, they can. They, de- they definitely can. They, it's just you're breaking my heart. Hard. It's. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't think they will. I don't. When it comes to the AFC. I don't think there's anybody being the Chiefs. I think it's the Chiefs, and if the like the Chiefs just have to beat themselves for them to lose, they're that much better than everybody else. But when it comes to the comeback player of the year, I mean, all you have to do is really look at the Steelers last year and just realize how much of a difference Big Ben makes 
for that team. And I'm not saying that Big Ben makes such a difference because he's so good. It's just clearly he's good enough to make the team go from a team that probably should have been like 2-14 and 14 without him to a team that's now undefeated. He's playing efficiently. He's not playing... He's not going to flip the field on you anymore like he used to. He's not going to throw these 70-yard bombs every other play like he used to. But, you know, he's... He's fine. Comeback player of the year, seven and zero. I I I understand the pick. I won't be surprised if it happens because he is a quarterback and he is on an undefeated team and he'll probably be in the one or two seed. And so I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying he wouldn't be personally my pick. Yeah, I I mean I I picked Jason Bryce, so I agree with you. Moving on to defensive rookie of the year, I think this is going to be a sweep. Just Chase Young. Like who? Like who else would there be? Like like honestly, like who who? Who makes a bigger impact than Chase Young? Chase Young has been a monster so far. And his sack numbers haven't even gotten there yet. He only has two and a half so far. But he's playing. He's played very well in the run defense. He's gotten a ton of pressured pressures. Chase Young. Does everybody agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. So offensive rookie of the year. I've, offensive rookie of the year. This yeah, but I'll let you go first. Because, okay. This is between two players, personally. And it really just depends on like how you view quarterbacks and like, okay, personally, I feel like if the trends continue, I feel like Justin Herbert's going to win it just because he has the splash plays and like the, like the absolute cannon bombs that he throws. Um, and it's just very, very fun to watch. It's incredibly fun to watch. And he's also has the thing where he is outperforming his expectations that everyone had of him for the most part by a lot. Yeah. But I think in terms of core ability, Joe Burrow, like he's yeah. Joe Burrow is going to be my offensive rookie of the year. However, I don't think he'll win it. I think if things stay the same, Justin Herbert will win it. Now, if Justin Herbert regresses, like I kind of maybe alluded to last time, like how he's very efficient at the things that are unsustainable, then if that does happen and he does regress, then I think Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is more, at the core, he is better at things that are consistent and are predictive of future performance. So, Peach Mitty, what about you? Yeah, we. I was talking to you a little bit about before we started the podcast, but it's definitely between Burrow and Herbert, and I don't think there's much of a question there at all. Maybe Jefferson. I was going to say, unless you're like a, a Vikings fan and you want to say Jefferson, but when you look at like – I, I was telling Chris, I think, like, you would look at rookie of the year as, like, you're having the most impact on your team. So, almost like yeah. a, a rookie MVP of your team, essentially. And so, Justin Jefferson having a great year, he's – how many wins do they have? Like, they're not producing much yeah. from it. And – but, I like – go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought you were done there. Uh, I do agree. I think it's going to come down to Joe Burrow or uh, – or uh, Justin Herbert. Personally, if I had to pick between the two right now, like if we're talking about going into the future, I'm picking Joe Burrow in the future. If we're talking about right now, who's playing better, I actually personally think, I mean, right now, it's I believe it's Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert's also playing better in places where it's not sustainable. Like he's playing very, very well under pressure. I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to, like be sustainable at all for him 
I think Joe Burrow is going to be better than him overall. I think the rest of the rest of the year, I think Joe Burrow has a lot of time to catch up to Joe and Justin Herbert because they are so close. But my rookie year is actually Justin Jefferson because rookie of the year, I don't think it should be a quarterback versus everybody else type of award. Well, Alvin Kamara won it, if I'm not mistaken. Like, so I think, it's yeah, but based. also I don't think they had, I don't think he had any quarterbacks to compete with that year. Uh, I think it should be position blind, like, like positional value. Yeah. blind, And I, I think that's probably true. I think it should be. I don't think it, I think it's going to come down to burrow, but I mean, Justin Jefferson, I mean, he has 31 receptions, 563 yards, three touchdowns. He's on pace for 71 receptions, 1,287 yards, and seven touchdowns. His 16-game pace, if you're using just his starts, 83 receptions, 1,578 yards, 10 touchdowns. He's legitimately having the best rookie year that we've seen since Odell Beckham Jr. He is a fucking monster. The fact that teams passed up on him, I mean, obviously he, he he had a lot of competition in the draft, but man, Jalen Rager was picked before Justin Jefferson. Let me push back a little bit and hear like maybe what you have to say about it is like one, it's a small sample size because he didn't start till like what week three. And then also some of that yardage that you're projecting did come in Kirk Cousins garbage time land. So yeah, but I mean, you could say the same thing about both Burrow and Herbert. I mean, both of them have had garbage time as well. I'm just saying, like that second week where he like absolutely popped off and had like 100 whatever yards. Like it was, he had like a last second touchdown from Kirk Cousins when they were already down like 20. I, I don't remember what game it was, but it was the I second. Think, game off. I mean, you can do that for all of them. I know. I'm. I'm just. I, well, but like, I mean, Herbert, like, yeah, like he only has like one win. As of now, but like they have been in every single game, and so no, has Burrow. Have. To be fair, too, like Burrow has been keeping almost, all, and they just beat the Titans, which is crazy. But the only real blowout that the Bengals have faced and Burrow has faced was against the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, the, the these are uh, Jefferson's numbers since he's come back. I mean, has not come back since he started. <laughs> he's not 175 hundreds, yeah, right. 175 yards, 103 yards, 23, all right, then 166, and then 26. So obviously you have those duds in there, but that's more on being... What are those duds? Like, what's the defense team. against those duds? Like, is he matched up against somebody really good and he's well, not Alexander successful? Last, it was against the Packers, right? Yeah, he was against the Packers, and also they were up the They didn't even really need to, yeah. They didn't no, need they, didn't need, they need him. And then uh, in his other dud which is against Seattle. So, I mean, that's kind of weird. That is but, very and, weird. But, in it, but again, though, that game... They can probably run the ball like crazy. The entire yeah. time. So, it's just like, it's tough to put these on Jefferson when he's not running as many routes. Yeah. So, like, I... Jefferson, far and away, to me, has been the best rookie. It's just so happens he plays a less valuable position in quarterback, which I would agree. If this is most valuable rookie, it's Herbert or... Uh, Herbert or Burrow, and no questions asked. But best rookie, offensive rookie of the year, I'm going Justin Jefferson. And I think his streak is going to continue. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to get to a thousand yards. I think he's a monster, and I, I fucking love him. But moving to defensive, defensive player of the year, P. Schmitty. <laughs> oh, it's your boy. Uh, I, I don't know. I am. 
I just want to say now that last year I was upset that he didn't get more. I didn't think he necessarily should have been for sure last year, defensive player of the year. But I think just because Gilmore was playing at such a crazy level, like Watt was also having a crazy year and it was on an eight and eight team that didn't make the playoffs and it kind of was overlooked, but he had a sick year last year and he's continuing that year this year and he's bowling out. And I would even argue that the reason that he doesn't have more sacks or isn't like, yeah, it doesn't have more sacks or more tackle for losses in that category is that the rest of the defenders are playing so well that they're getting there before him. Like Bud Dupree is getting home before, T.J. Watt is, even if T.J. Watt is beating his defender or his O-lineman. Yeah, so what I have to say about the defensive player of the year is I, I'm going to compare it a little bit to the coach of the year where every single year it should be Aaron Donald. Every year that he since he's been in the league, basically. Like Aaron Donald is the best defensive player, the best player in football. He just happens to play defensive tackle. And but that, that's boring, and it's the same with coach of the year. I think every year it should probably be Belichick, but it, it ends up going to a coach with a that takes a team that wasn't supposed to win many games and they win many games. And now, like last year, it was a player like Stephon Gilmore that no one expected to be amazing, and he was amazing, so he ends up winning it. Um, so outside of Aaron Donald, my pick would be would be TJ Watt, and I think he'll probably win it if he if he continues at his level. So yeah, I think the narrative is going to go towards TJ Watt, but. I'm picking Aaron Donald, and and like you said, it should be Aaron Donald. The thing is, Aaron Donald leads the league in pressures. He leads the league in sacks. The thing that goes against T.J. Watt, he's incredible. So this isn't really a slight at him. He's on an offensive line with Cam Hayward. Defensive line. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, defensive line <laughs> with Cam Hayward. He's They got Stephon Tuitt, uh, Tyson Awala, Awu. I can't pronounce that. I apologize. Uh, Bud Dupree. TJ Watt's going to have snaps where he's going one-on-one against somebody because they have so many people on that defensive line. It's an incredible defensive line. You'll be very seldom to find many snaps where Aaron Donald isn't double or triple teamed. Aaron Donald is literally weapon number one for every offensive coordinator to game plan for. He is the best defensive football player in the league. There there aren't many defensive players quite like him throughout NFL's history. If if you had to tell me to rank defensive players of all time, it's going to be Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, and Aaron Donald might be number three by the end of his career. Well, the fact that he gets... He leads the league in pressures like every year from the interior where you like that's a position that you don't get as much pressure naturally as you do on the edge like that. And on top of the fact that he is double teamed, triple teamed, like and he's undersized, like it's he has no he has no help on that line either. There's nobody else on that line. You know, it's like Michael Brocker has been like his like, I don't know. And also Dante Fowler, like and, and those are just eh. The fact that he does that every year consistently, it's not like a one-off thing or he's like up and down. Like he is consistently elite, consistently not only best defensive player, like talking about overall quality of player at their position, he is the best. Obviously, it's Mahomes overall because he plays quarterback, but I think Aaron Donald is a better deep tackle than Mahomes is a quarterback. He's he's by far the fucking best. I was, on ESPN, they were just talking about um, is interesting what you guys are like saying is that like Mahomes is low key like putting up crazy good numbers this year too, but like you're not hearing like oh Mahomes for MVP Mahomes for MVP even though like 
should he kind of be looked at as a possible MVP? Yeah, but he has yeah. been MVP, and Russ hasn't. And Russ had that. He started the year with three or four games, and it was like, wow, he's putting up crazy numbers. Russ is going to be MVP. And it's and also that yeah. narrative. Also, Wilson's yeah, never had an MVP vote. Like, yeah, he's never had an MVP vote. And exactly. he's not letting him cook. He's broken out of the chains. Like, well, it's very narrative-driven. And everyone knows, oh, Aaron Donald, yeah, he's the best. He's the best. He won a couple years ago, blah, blah, blah. But now, yeah, like you said, it's he, he did win. And should is he the best defensive player? Yeah, he definitely is. But it's a lot of I it think- really is the narrative. I think it's going to be TJ Watt. I really do. But my pick, Aaron Donald. Uh, moving on, offensive player of the year. Do we have anybody else other than Russell Wilson? Like, are you like, are we going to go for like a different offensive player? I personally put Russell Wilson because I think he's just been the best player in football this year. Yeah. I mean, so, like, if you want to make a different pick, like he's my MVP, obviously. Uh, but if you want like yeah. to, to put someone else, just to not make it stupid, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Like you, you could. You, I mean, you could go ahead and put Aaron Rodgers in there, um, or Tom Brady. Even I really just. But I mean, Russell Wilson. I think I think it's so stupid that they're kind of like the same award. Like how many times? I think I consistently, the wider or the sorry, the MVP wins Offensive Player of the Year, and it, it's rare that like I don't know. It's dumb. It really no, is. I mean, it because happens, it's essentially I mean, it the same thing. Yeah, it, it it happens a lot where actually like the like. Legitimately, they'll have two different quarterbacks win these awards. Where oh, yeah, somebody's but MVP that's like you're purposely makes no sense. If you're the MVP and you're on the offense, you should be the most valuable player on the offense. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's it's stupid. I don't think last year I think Michael Thomas won Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and not, and not MVP. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. I I pers- I think Offensive Player of the Year should be a non-quarterback award. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, but it's not, so I'm going Russell Wilson. And MVP is Russell Wilson. I think we all agree. Uh, yeah. So let's just move on real quick. We got to preview this game real quick. I don't. We don't have to take long. We can just say our pick. Green Bay is favored by six going to San Francisco. Connor picked the Green Bay Packers. I'll just say really quick. I, I'm going to take the Packers. And it's only because Nick Mullins is starting, and I don't know if I can trust Nick Mullins anymore. I mean, not that I ever really did, but if this was Jimmy G, I would be taking San Francisco all the way because I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have a plan against that Green Bay defensive line who consistently struggles uh, defending the run. I mean, you saw it last year in the playoffs where Jimmy G threw it, I believe, a total of 10 times in that playoff matchup. And Raheem Moser had like 200-something yards, and and the team had like 300 rushing yards for the game. They didn't have to pass the ball whatsoever. So, but even with that, just Aaron Rodgers against Nick Mullins. I know Green Bay just screwed us with Minnesota last week, uh, but I'm yeah, still going to Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it. it's rare that Aaron Rodgers has two bad games in a row, and like he he was bad against the Buccaneers and then came out and like lit it up. And so I think... Nick Mullins, like, I mean, for a backup, I guess he's okay because he's he's had good games, but also, like, he has had a really bad game. Like, he got benched, I think, for C.J. Beathard. And but it, was that, it was that game against Philly on, what was it, Thursday night? Yeah. And No, I believe it was Monday night. Monday, no, it was actually a Sunday night. No, it was a Sunday night. God, we got it wrong twice. Yeah, it was <laughs> Sunday night. What a weird I, Sunday I don't know. Night. It, was, it was a primetime game. And anyway, like, he had that interception, or it was a pick six, I believe, where he tried to, like, literally put it the ball. It was horrible. Through. 
put the ball through the linebacker's chest to get it to the receiver. Like it was just so dumb. And um, I mean, I guess for, yeah, like I said, for a backup, he's okay, but no, I'm not going to trust him going against um, going against Aaron Rodgers. And I still, I think the Niners still miss the playoffs and they're, I don't know. They're a weird team to bet on this year because they'll be really bad and they'll blow a team out and then they'll be bad. And I don't know. It's strange, but I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, my money on green Bay. So. Bishmay, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I, I think the only thing, like if you're Green Bay, like you're a Green Bay fan or you are a Green Bay, that you're worried about is Dalvin Cook dropping 200 yards rushing. Yeah. Or, and, you know, 49ers have historically had a really good run game and they're Gosh, out here dropping Jermichael Hasty running the ball. Who, who the fuck's Jermichael Hasty? And he's having a great game. Yeah. yeah so that, that's the only thing I would be worried about. But I would always take Aaron Rodgers throwing it over the Niners running it any day. Yeah. Now let me quickly quickly just go through our records real quick. I made sure I went back and checked. I I made sure to make sure all of our uh records are correct because I know I believe last episode or the episode before I fucked up saying our records. I am 47 67 and 3. I went 7 and 7 this past week. It's a good uh, week for you. Con- yeah, fuck you. Uh <laughs> Connor is 50 59 and 1. He went 4 and 10 this last week. I went 7 and 7. Gavin also went seven seven. He is now fifty nine, fifty five, and three. Peachman is forty nine, forty nine, and two. Uh Matt last week, our special guest Matt, he went five and eight. How much did so, I have last week? What was my record last week? You were six and eight. Okay. And the lone wolves of the week. Connor picked Minnesota. God, Gavin picked Atlanta. Right. And Connor not Connor. Peachman picked the Patriots. How was I the only one to pick Atlanta against Carolina? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm not really Being the only fucking Panthers fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Re- I'm not really shocked about that, but you know, it it's one of those things. I think everybody just <laughs> yeah, liked the yeah. matchup. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, you know, if you if you guys uh hate any of our picks, you can direct them to. At Connor Green nine nine six on Twitter, uh, complain to that bitch. Uh, peace out, guys. Thanks for listening.